Oh, yeah, four through six. Um, you can go with yeah. Miss Megan. So some of you may be wondering, where's the big guy that usually is up here? Um, I'm his replacement. Larry is out of town. He's at a, a conference for a, a church planning conference. Um, and so we're glad he could go to that and, and be refreshed and be here next week. So um, as usual, I'm, I'm glad to be able to share. And I probably learn more than you will from whatever I say, um, studying that. But I've always learned that. Um, one of the things I kind of joke with the guys last week is I can do whatever I want this week because Larry's not here. <laughs> but I wanted to share a little bit about um, uh, the trip I just went on to Sri Lanka. Um, I'm the president of Christian World Outreach. Okay mic, yeah. they, can't hear you in the back. they can't hear me in the back. Well, can we? Because I got a whole Bible and stuff. Can you just put that over? Yeah. So anyway, I'll talk loud. <laughs> I had four kids, so I know how to talk loud. Um, but yeah, um, they're going to show you a few pictures here. I think the first one is of the widows that we're working with in Sri Lanka. Um, I was there for almost three weeks and, and able to see the ministry that we started a year ago in January. And so these are some of the widows and elderly that we are, are helping and, and we're feeding, um, just spending time with them. Uh, many of their husbands and their sons were killed during the Civil War. Uh, Sri Lanka is a pretty young country as far as uh, being independent. And so they, um, they still had civil war up until 2008, um, which doesn't seem that long ago. Um, but anyway, these are some of the widows that we're working with and ministering to. The next slide is a picture of some of the kids. Um, one thing we found is kids need tutoring after school. Um, the teaching is not very good in the schools, especially in this village where we are, are working. And so we do some t tutoring with them. And both of those were meeting physical needs to be able to share the gospel. A lot of the people are Hindu or, or Muslim or Buddhist. So the next slide kind of shows you one of the, the temples that you'll see. Um, I'm not one to take pictures when I go on trips, but I took over a thousand pictures and probably Half of them are of the dis different size temples and everything else. Um, but all these little figures on there, are, they're gods um, that they worship. Um, so they're really deceived um, from the truth. Um, the next slide is just a, a picture of uh, one of the neighbors of where we were staying. And, and they were having a Hindu celebration one day while we were there. And um, so just even the, the different things they do and they're, some of the food that is on the ground around the boiling pot of rice, they're feeding their gods. And the, the white, if you can see the white square there, um, that's rice flour, and they're fe feeding the ants. And uh, I don't know why they feed the ants, but they feed the ants for some reason. But they just do a lot of, of, of things. They, they have things they have to do, you know, to, to earn what they would call salvation. Um, the last slide there um, is uh, the church we attended, um, which I'm, I'm sharing this partly because it goes with the message. Um, the messages we heard at the church we attended were false teachers. I mean, they were messing up the gospel big time. And um, so, you know, we were, we were there to encourage Bhavan, who is our, our guy on the ground there, um, and just encourage him. He needs to seek the word. Um, and to really test what they're teaching at church where he attends. 
So that's just a little bit. I mean, like I said, I had a thousand pictures that I could have shown you, and we'd be here till this afternoon. Um, but anyway, just kind of give you an idea of what I do um, on a regular basis. And but then it does. It, it just this. There's false teaching going on out there, and that's something Larry's been talking about. Um, you know, as uh, we've been going through Galatians here. Um, We've been hear, hearing Paul tell that you're justified by faith, not by works. And a lot of what I saw was works in, in Sri Lanka. Um, it was things you have to do. Um, I told Rajiv, the guy I traveled with, we're going to go home and it's going to sound really silent in our neighborhoods because all different hours of the day, the Buddhists, the Hindus, the Muslims were on the loudspeakers doing their prayers. And, um, you know, it's just, again, something they had to do uh, to be saved. And so um, let's go to chapter 3 in, in Galatians. And we're going to read the, the first five verses uh, today. Um, so if you want to turn there, we do have Bibles in the back if you want, want one. Um, or get on your phone or wherever. Um, you foolish Galatians. Who has bewitched, bewitched you? It was before your very eyes that Jesus was publicly portrayed as crucified. Let us ask, I, let me ask you only this. Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by hearing in faith? Are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit? Are you now perfected by the faith? Did you suffer so many things in vain? If indeed it was in vain, does he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, do, among you do so by works of the law or by hearing in faith? So I, when Larry first told me, to, here's what you're gonna, you need to be sharing this morning, um, I thought, wow, five verses, there's not a whole lot there. Um, but I, I learned that's not true <laughs> real quick. Um, and, and so I'm just going to hit on some things um, about what Paul's telling, saying here. Uh, Paul's asking a lot of questions of the Galatians. If you notice, there's only one statement in here. The rest are all questions. And um, I know that um, if you ask my kids, dad asked a lot of questions when um, I would help with homework. I didn't, I didn't give them the answer. I ask him questions a lot. And I, I notice Paul does that a lot as he, he speaks to the Galatians. And so here he's saying, you foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? You know, Paul's not saying, you guys are dummies. He's just saying, hey, how can you um, have people convince you other, uh, other things other than just the true gospel? How can you let them come in and you, you grew you?" You were asked for forgiveness, you knew the gospel, but then you turn around and let somebody add to it. How can you do that? So he's not really saying you're dumb. He's just saying, hey, are you really thinking you're going to add to the gospel? You know, as we, um, as we hear that, we can, we can think, okay, what things am I trying to do here? What things are, are people saying that I'm grabbing hold of? Um, Paul here is, he kind of switches gears because what we've been reading is that he's talking to Peter 
He's talking to the leaders. He's talking to the false teachers. And he's saying, here's the blame. These guys are teaching something that's not right. But he turns around here and he puts it on the Galatians. And I have to often think, do I just sit out there and listen to Larry speak and just accept it? Or do I test it against true scripture? Do I look at what the word says? And I think that's what, what Paul's doing here is, are you just sitting there and doing whatever anybody says? Or are you really looking for the truth and, and, and seeking the gospel? And so I think that's what we need to take to heart is do we just sit there and accept whatever said or do we really look and see what the gospel is saying to us? Um, I saw that again in the Anglican church there that we attended. Um, the one thing I shared, the one service we went to, the, the priest shared that he was talking about the vine and the branches. He said the vine is the bishop and the branches are the different denominations. I, I missed that. That's in here. Um, so anyway, again, it gave us opportunity to speak into the lives of the people that are listening and say, is that what you really believe? Or is Jesus the vine and we are the branches? So the next phrase I want to, Constraint on it. It was before your very eyes that Jesus was publicly portrayed as crucified. Now, this isn't a literal, they saw Jesus on the cross. Um, this was proclaimed to them. This was a proclamation um, given to them. They heard the gospel. And um, they heard how um, Jesus died on the cross. They heard about his life. I'd encourage you to read Acts 13 today, later, um, but uh, starting with verse 13, I think it is, but I'm going to read some of Acts 13, um, where Paul was preaching in the area of Galatia. Brothers, sons of the family of Abraham, and those among you who fear God, to us has been sent the message of salvation. For those who live in Jerusalem and their rulers, because they did not recognize him or understand the utterance of the prophets, which are read every Sabbath, fulfilled them by condemning him. And though they found, him no, found in him no guilt worthy of death, they asked Pilate to have him executed. And when they had carried out all that was written of him, they took him down from the tree and laid him in a tomb. But God raised him from the dead. And for many days he appeared to those who had come up with him from Galilee to Jerusalem, who are now his witnesses to the people. And we bring you this good news, that what God promised to our fathers. And then I'm going to jump down to verse 38 here. Let it be known to you, therefore, brothers, that though this man, the, this man's forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you, and by him everyone who believes is fed from everything, Thing from which you could not be freed by the law of Moses. Be aware, therefore, lest what is said in the prophecies should come about. Look, you scoffers, be astounded and perish, for I am doing a good work in your days, a work that you will not believe, even if one tells it to you. As they went out, the people began, begged that these things might be told to them the next Sabbath. And after the meeting of the synagogue, they broke up. Many Jews and devout converts to Judaism followed Paul and Barnabas, 
who, as they spoke with them, urged them to continue in the grace of God. The next Sabbath, almost the whole city gathered to hear the word of the Lord. You know, it's just interesting to hear this compared to what it's saying in, in, in Galatians here. You know, but they heard. It, the, it was proclaimed to them, the gospel, that Jesus died. He rose again. And that's what the gospel is about. Um, and trying to convince the Galatians, there's nothing else you need to do but accept that gospel. Have faith in that gospel. I feel like maybe we need to stop and have testimonies. Because for you, did you come to a saving knowledge of, of you know, Christ coming and dying and, and rose again because people gave you a list of do's and don'ts? Or is it because you heard that message? You know, I, I can remember um, I was um, probably about 10 years old in Pigeon, Michigan, tiny little town. We had one stoplight, and it wasn't even a crossroad. It was a T. So. Um, but I can remember standing in the back of the high school, Laker High School, the auditorium, and my dad was preaching. Um, he worked for Youth for Christ, and, and so it was a Saturday night rally, which... Most of you have no clue what that is, but every Saturday night we'd have a, a rally where the youth high school students would come. Um, sometimes it was fun activities, other times it was preaching. And I can remember hearing my dad and saying, that's what I want. I heard the message. I heard the gospel. It wasn't because I had to do something. I heard and I put my faith in Jesus Christ. And your story is probably similar. You heard the message. You heard the truth in the gospel, and that's what your faith grew from. It wasn't because, again, that you had to do anything. It was because you heard. So that's what it's talking about here. They didn't see, it liter see Jesus literally, um, but it was proclaimed to him what they did, what he did for them. Let's look at verse 2. Let me ask you only this. Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law? or by hearing with faith. Here, Paul again kind of turns the corner and he's talking about the Spirit. And um, if, we, if we look at Romans 8, 9, you'll see it says, You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If in, the fa if in fact the Spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. When the Galatians accepted in faith the gospel, they received the Spirit. Paul saw that change in them. Paul saw that there was a change in the Galatian people while he was there, when they heard the message, and he heard about what was going on. When we accept Christ, we receive the Spirit. We receive the Spirit, and I, I was thinking that's a whole other sermon to get into that. Um, as we, we discuss what that means and what it means to us. But receiving the Spirit isn't earned. There's nothing we can do to get that. Um, it's, it's by faith. And when we put our faith in Jesus Christ, that's when we receive the Spirit. And I quote from one of the commentaries I read, said, they heard the gospel preached and praised and place their faith in the gospel, believing, 
not doing was a pathway to receiving the Spirit. You know, Paul, again, he saw a change in the Galatians' life, and part of that change came through the Spirit. Let's go on. Verse 3, again, Paul says, Are you so foolish? <laughs> he, kinda, he said this twice now. He's kind of trying to get their attention, I think. Um, Having begun in the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the faith, by flesh? You know, Paul's speaking not of uh, flesh in the sense that we would, might think, but here he's, he's saying, is it works? We could put the word works in there. You know, are we being perfected by our works? And again, the answer is no. <laughs> um, be interesting if the Galatians responded to Paul as he was <laughs> throwing all these questions out there. But there's evidence of the, the Galatians' life, like I said. And Paul's asking, are you so foolish that now you're going from where you were? You had faith. You had the Spirit. And now you're going to add to it. That's what the, the false teachers were doing. That's what they were looking at. Circumcision is what we've been talking about specifically. But, you know, are we adding something so that we grow in our faith? And again, the answer is no. Um, we aren't going to need to do certain things. Um, we have faith, and so we need to keep the gospel in front of us is the way I look at it. Um, you know, I, I was thinking about this, um, and I thought, you know, how many times have you seen a new believer? They're so excited about sharing the gospel. And to me, that's partly the spirit in them. Um, they're excited about their newfound faith. And what do we do to them? We start saying, oh, well, you need to do this. You need to do that. You know, we have some people we know that, that went to church and, and people came up to them and they went, you know, you really shouldn't wear your leathers to church. They were motorcycle riders. They haven't gone to church since because people started putting some do's and don'ts in front of them. Now, I should say, you're going to hear from up here on this stage things we encourage you to do. You know, you've heard about baptism. If you haven't been baptized, you, should, you know, we want to baptize you. If, you. if you have faith, we want you to proclaim that to, to others in front of others and say, you know, I have put my faith in Jesus. But that's not going to save you. That's not going to perfect your faith either. We encourage that. Um, the one thing I thought of as I was sitting out here a couple weeks ago when Larry was preaching, I was looking at our kind of our theme, the things we, we encourage you to be a part of. And um, we talk about gather, you know, attend church, um, be a part of this body, come here. But that doesn't save you. It doesn't add to your faith. Um, grow. Be a part of the community groups where you're, you know, you're sitting and discussing and growing in your faith together. We talk about serving, um, no matter what that is, serving in the nursery, Sunday school, set up, tear down, run in the sound, slides. Again, we encourage you to do that, to be a part of this body. But again, we're not going to say that's going to save you or that's going to be something that's going to help you grow in your faith. 
it might, but it, it it's not good. That doing that thing isn't going to do it. And then go. You know, I kind of, you know, I share about going and people hear me and they go, oh, you're the one that goes. We all should be going. Um, we all have a neighborhood we live in. We all have work or school or people that we're around. That's where we're to go and share the gospel. And so, but again, that's not going to save you. Me being a missionary, me and Laura living in Haiti for eight years, that didn't save us. And it didn't even, well, I was going to say it didn't add to our faith, but I think living there added to our faith. But it's because we were doing what God wanted us to do. You know, our faith grew because we keep the gospel in front of us. The thing that I thought of was these things are back here. What's it say on the screen? The gospel. We need to keep the gospel in the forefront. We need to keep the gospel there every day in front of us. What did, what did Jesus do for me, Greg? Every day I need to look at that. That's where my faith comes from, is that Jesus did that. He died for me and not these things that I could do. And I kind of wonder, where, where do we get that? You know, but I, <laughs> it's kind of silly, but are we, are we trained from little kids up? You know, it's kind of a Santa Claus thing. If we're good, we'll get a present. You know, if we're good enough, if we do enough things, we'll be saved. It's not true. It's our faith that saves us. So we need to keep the gospel fresh and in front of us every day. So verse 4. Did you suffer so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? You know, we don't read of specific things that the Galatian people suffered. But I, I want to go back to Acts 13 and read a few more verses. But when the Jews saw the crowds, they were filled with jealousy and began to contradict what was spoken by Paul, reviling him. And Paul and Barnabas spoke out boldly, saying, it is necessary that the word of God be spoken first to you, since you thrust it aside and judge yourselves unworthy of eternal life. Behold, we are turning to the Gentiles, so that the Lord has commanded us, saying, I have made you a light. And I just read the wrong verses. There you go. I even marked the Bible just to make sure I didn't do that. Okay, we're going to start again. With verse 48. And when the Gentiles heard this, they began rejoicing and glorifying the word of the Lord. And as many as were appointed to eternal life believed. And the word of the Lord was spreading through the whole region. But the Jews incited the, the devout women of high standing and the leading men of the city, stirring up persecution against Paul and Barnabas and drove them out of their district. So we don't necessarily read specifically that the Galatians were, but they saw it happen right then. They had newfound faith, and then Paul and Barnabas were chased out. And, and even the, the, the women with, a, you know, the, maybe a, an elite woman that may have accepted Christ wouldn't be accepted by her neighbor who was an elite woman or a leading man by another leading man that had accepted Christ. 
And so I'm sure they did. I'm sure they were persecuted. So Paul's saying here, did you suffer these things in vain? And he says, if indeed it is in vain. And I think what he's saying there is, I don't count it as vain. I, I accept that persecution because I know the truth and it's not going to stop me from having faith in Jesus Christ, the one who saved me. So we're warned numerous times in Scripture that we're going to suffer persecution. So we just need to be ready. It's, it's not something that's always preached. You know, life's going to be good once you're saved. I'm going to have everything I want. And that's not true. Let's look at verse 5. Does he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you do so by works of the law or hearing with faith? Again, Paul's asking, is it faith or is it works? He's asked this multiple times of the Galatian people. So are you going to rely on your faith or are you going to rely on works? It's not going to get you anything. He's saying it is evident that God's been working. So how can you consider adding something to that? Again, Paul, all the churches that Paul talks about and, and where he preached, he wanted the people to grow. He wanted them to accept their faith, accept faith in Jesus Christ and what God, God did for them. You know, I can't help but think of John 3.16. We memorize that. But God loved us so much he sent his son. I have two sons. I don't know if I could send my son to die for you. I would rather die than have them die. So I guess I want to leave you with this. A question for you. Are you going to go backwards in your faith? Are you going to build your faith on works? Are you going to keep trying to earn your salvation or even grow in your faith by adding works to it? I would encourage you again, every day, think about what Jesus did for you. Think about the gospel and how he died for you. How he gave his life, how God gave up his son. That's the gospel that you should keep in front of you and not let anybody add to it. Don't feel like I got to go somewhere to be saved. Don't feel like I got to be a part of community. You should want to do these things because of this, because of the gospel. Let's pray. Lord, we are just grateful for what you've done in our lives, what you did for us. There's nothing we can do to earn our salvation. We're grateful for what you have done for us. Help us to keep that in the forefront. Help us to keep that um, in front of us every day and to remember what you did. Blocking off all the things that may get in our way and, and things we feel like we need to do. May you just work and keep our faith growing through the gospel. In your name, amen.